SEN. Welcome to Moody on the Mic with Peter Moody, Roger Aldridge, Tom Haggard and Anthony Mither. Hello and welcome to Moody on the Mic. It's Caulfield Cup <laughs> week or if you're listening in New South Wales, Everest week. Obviously there's been a huge debate over which one's bigger than the other. But uh, I'm Roger Aldridge and joining me as they always do, Peter Moody. Good evening. Evening, Rog. Great to be here again. And what a great weekend of racing we have coming up. Caulfield Guineas Day behind us, one of the great days of Australian racing. But uh, this weekend, Caulfield Cup, Everest, it's going to be one hell of a weekend. It's huge. a real, just a, a double feature, I suppose, yeah. uh, in two states. Anthony Mithen, how are you, mate? Rog, I'm excited. Oh, it's no. going to be a great weekend. Can you imagine? Yeah. Can you imagine? It should have been. It, let, let's make the Everest a Group 1 race. There was a bit of controversy uh, during the week a about... Bit. About Victoria getting in the way Run and this New South Wales Victoria. Let's make the Everest a Group 1 race. Let's run it wherever you like, Peter Volandis. We don't care. It's a good thing for racing. Get people talking. Put your lights up on the Opera House, on the bridge. Who cares? But you know what we've got in Melbourne? We've got hundreds of years of tradition for races like the Caulfield Cup, the Melbourne Cup. Um, and the Caulfield Cup is set to be an absolute beauty. I can't wait for it. Yeah, try eating that tradition when you're hungry. Oh, five million you bucks worth of traditional beer, right? On one of the beautiful people. Five you million. You wouldn't have been hungry a lot of the time, but listen, that, we well, don't need to buy into that BS. Um, they do a very good job. They promote the Everest extremely I well. I just said, make it a Group One race. Run it well, wherever you like. It's fantastic. The, I'm the, not being Is the cynical. advertising budget for the Everest bigger than the prize money? <laughs> Who cares? Oh, They're geez, promoting they, racing in a positive million. light. They're no pro- doubt. They're Over. promoting it in an extremely positive light. They are to be congratulated. You, I wasn't being cynical. No, I, I, I was, you're not I, a cynical person. No, no. no. I, I think it's, it is great for It's racing. got to wait a certain amount of time before it can be a group one. Though. I want to win it. Three I want to win. Oh, I do. Right. Anthony Mithen wants to win a $17 yeah, I, race. No, sh- no, it's 14. I, I, no, not 14, for first. 14 million. Oh, yeah, well, but whatever. But, I want it, but I, I'd, lo- I'd love to win it, but be at Caulfield. Yeah. I get that'd be I get that'd be good. Now this is obviously where we usually welcome in our uh, our fourth musketeer and um but Tom Hackett's of course he's in the Brisbane studio. Yeah. Uh, oh, technical di- difficulties. We are having a few technical oh, difficulties. No, he, he he's a short be. on racing knowledge. Not. Could yeah. you imagine the flap he'll be in? Oh, the he rain will, man. The rain man will be he's flapping gone. around like a he'll, like a wing duck. He won't be too far away though. We've got uh, Darren Park and the genius technical operator here is is working on it. Uh, let's look back at the uh, the weekend's racing and uh, the Corfield Guineas. What a magnificent finish that, that was! Alligator Blood looked home for all money and then just dead set stopped as Super Steth came storming down the outside, as tipped by PG Moody. Yeah, I, I don't think Alligator Blood so much stopped. He probably got to the lost front and had a little gawk. The leader collapsed and left him there a long way out. So I think he's a damn good horse, Alligator Blood, and for what he's done in this preparation and, and risen through the grades to that level, Super Seth's a seasoned campaigner at, at good level, and he was just drawn to get the gun run. Beautiful ride, M. Zara, what a weekend he had, two group ones, and uh, he nailed him on the line. But I think the first two probably hold sway over the rest considerably, and, and I reckon they're two that are really worth following into the autumn and... Uh, you know, they're both going to be Australian guineas, Randwick guineas types horses for sure. So what does that mean for Dallasan now? Have we perhaps overrated him early? Uh, maybe. Uh, I, I'm not sure. Funnily enough, his, his pedigree says the further he goes, the better he'll be. But uh, maybe maybe he's just a sprinter. He's, he's run really well at the sprint trips and stretched him out to the 
to the mile on the weekend, he, he looked a bit plain. He looks like a stayer. And mm. He's got the physique of a stayer. Dalakani's, you'd expect him to, to get a trip. Um, yeah, but you, you, I suppose you just don't know and, and where he's at in his prep. And we were privy to a little hiccup. On our show mm-hmm. last week, did that wonder whether well, they had that, any slight bearing? And I tell you what, he did drift in the market after that uh, revelation mm. on so, Moody on the Mic that he had done an extra bit of lap of Caulfield. Newsbreakers, us on and, Moody and, on the Mic. And regardless of how his run was perceived, he still did have to do a bit of work to get across from that draw. He got up outside the leader. You would have loved to have seen him come out of three gate and settled on the back of alligator blood, uh, you know, on the fence without doing anything. So yeah. no, no, no knock on Dallas in, and he still looks an immature individual. So I, I think there's still more to come out of him. It'll be, it will be interesting though, what, what the, what the team do with him and, and how they, yeah. how they assess that themselves, whether they think it, uh, it's just a, a sin bin run, don't worry about it. Or whether they do have to scratch their heads and go, well, what is this horse? He's a, he's a very talented horse, but they've got to get his, they've got to get his trip right. Yep. And, it, of course, in the ownership of Super Seth, uh, the winner, a couple of Western Bulldogs players. Yeah. Didn't Super Seth just finish a bit like the doggies in the home and away season this year? Yes. You they, know. they came with a rush. And hopefully that, that was... continues next season. Hopefully Super Seth goes on to a few more group ones and the dogs win the premiership. That would be great. I didn't uh, I didn't think he got up. I was. I, I, Peter mentioned the beautiful people. I was up up with the beautiful people in the black caviar they let your, room. They let the, your head in the, the beautiful the, people. The, the black caviar room named after the, 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 the great mayor trained by... P.G. Moody, but uh, while I was up there, he was off having selfies with his statue, I think. But <laughs> one, of them uh, looked, about, one of them looked like Peter Moody. Now, what about, uh, <laughs> come on, let's, let's, fair Deacon. That well, was funny, Peter. Uh, Cape of Good Hope. That was funny. Cape of Good Hope, Caulfield Stakes. Uh, it, go, it goes straight into, or goes in the Cox Plate now. Would have um, to go in with a live chance. One, and two, sits, sits about $8 in the Cox Plate, Labro's Cox Plate market. Uh, I did have a look earlier and, um. Yeah, you'd think. I mean, it was terrific. He nailed Blackheart, but I had a chat to Mark Zara at Caulfield Trackwork on Tuesday morning when the beautiful people were in bed. And, um, you know, he, he thought it was a pretty solid win because he said he had to wait for Blackheart Bart to go before he could get out behind him and around his heels, and he still nailed him. And Blackheart Bart's obviously in a very good vein of form at the moment. Yeah, and so. also going, going to pay the late uh, acceptance into the Cox Bar. Yeah, 200000 200, so that's, that's well, He's a, won plenty. Yeah, he has. He has. But uh, what does it pay down? Are you know because you had a horse run? Yeah, I think he's eight, one year when you hundred for running eighth or ninth um, one year. So it's a bit Half of a logjam there, Cox Plate. Interesting too. If if the Quickster comes out and performs in the Caulfield Cup, oh, is that where we're going? Well, I don't know. We're open minded. We're open minded people, Anthony. Can I, I get, can I I have... get tickets in the Labros Market? <laughs> Labros uh, Lounge, at the Valley. Lounge Market. Look, it's only for whatever. A, it's only for come a, on. elite. Uh, Surely. people on a group. I one need to Saturday. write that into my contract. I think had one. Might find you. Yes, I had, they right. rang me yesterday. Actually, right. said they'd double up whatever I put in. Or something. no doubt, up there's terrific, terrific value going around. I mustn't have anything in it. Yeah, well, that's right. Yeah, well, we'll get to Mister Quickie later on when we uh, when we get to the Caulfield Cup chat. Of course, after the first break, we're going to chat to Peter Snowden, trainer of Redzel, yeah. uh, ahead of the Everest. And uh, what are, what we're talking about, Cox Plate, uh, very elegant bypassing Caulfield Cup going to the Cox Plate. It galloped to the Valley on Wednesday morning, as did the Japanese mare, Ligracheur, which, uh, of course, is, uh, if it wins, gets the $2 million Ladbrokes International bonus. Mm. Moods, you were there for those gallops. Yep. What were your thoughts? Um, I thought she looked fantastic, Ligracheur. She's a fine sort of a mare, what you'd sort of expect as that very – very fit appearance as most of the Japanese horses do. Unlike her track work mate, Kluger, 
uh, he looks he's big and burly, more Is of he? our more of our style of horse than that northern hemisphere finer boned horse that we're more used to. Uh, but she looked very healthy and, and very bright and, and finished her work off nicely. But I've got to say, Kluger, he, he sort of rolls along, doesn't really pick the bit up, but kept going and went through the line with her. And for a gross-looking horse, he pulled up extremely clean in the wind as well. So I'd reckon both camps of the Japanese horses, I know they're both owned in similar interest, interests, uh, Northern Farms, Yoshida families, but uh, trained out of different stables. I think both camps would be pretty happy. But Lee um, you know, I think they've certainly got a bit of you well, know, spring in their step. As as you mentioned, the $2 million Ladbrokes bonus, I don't know whether Ladbrokes boss would be able to happy about how mm. good Lee's Grace sure is looking. And it made it even more interesting is when the, if it does win, not only do Ladbrokes bosses have to hand over the two mil, but someone after a few champagnes in the lounge is going to have to present the Cox Plate and try and pronounce that. And that's going to be difficult after yeah, a few champagnes. That's right. And then me talk to Peter Moody about might have to get halving, halving his contract. Yeah, exactly. Because they won't be able to afford you. Half or nothing's not a lot. I do this for the love of the sport, Anthony. Oh, good. Mm. Well, I'll look forward to reading the Gator shouting your new Rosemont contract. Yeah, no, it'd be lovely. (laughs) Speaking of uh, (laughs) the love of the sport, the best thing I saw in racing this week, John Sadler, an absolute favourite on the track work edition of Moody on the Mic, uh, responded to your gentle ribbing, Peter, about not tipping us into winners. He's trained in the days following. Uh, He steered us... The boys who viewed Moody on the mic from this week steered him into Usain Bowler at Caulfield on Wednesday. Yes. And weren't the punters happy with the great man? And not only that, speaking of winners, David Eustace last week on the show when we were sitting out on the deck chairs at, yes. uh, at Rosemont Stud gave us a bit of a steer for Tanker in the Debutant Stakes on Saturday, which kick-started uh, well, a pretty good day for me on the pun, actually, and uh, continued a rich vein of form that the listeners of this show have been getting from uh, tips from trainers. Been good this year. So Peter Snowden's got a lot to live up to after the break. No doubt. It was, and I, I believe that that's how we got him on the show, wasn't it, Pete? That uh, pretty well it's the, it's we, it, not the kiss of death, it's the kiss of life. Yeah, no, yeah. We, we've got great form going forward. We're, uh, Waller, James Cummings and, and a few other guests. Dave, and uh, think of our old mate Sads. Daniel Bowman. I was Daniel supposed Bowman. to be meeting up with Sads after the show tonight, but he's down. He's... Uh, He's uh, got the bogey. He's uh, a little oh, bit really? under the weather, John. Yeah, he wasn't sure whether to sit or face the, the porcelain this oh, afternoon. No. Oh. Um, so uh, a little bit under the weather. Nurse and, Shannon looking after him, no doubt. Um, I'm not sure. Well, I don't know whether sure. Shannon's going to be giving him a cuddle if he's crook. No, no, no. So firing both ends, oh. our man sad. So the oh, wind obviously took us tail. The well, wind obviously took us tail. So uh, thinking of you, old mate. Well, the good thing is that he was firing on all cylinders, not just out of both ends. <laughs> That's exactly right. Just while we're uh, sending out cheerios too, uh, cheerio to um, uh, Dwayne Dunn and Dylan Dunn and all the F- Dunn family. Uh, Barry Dunn passed away, pancreatic cancer on Tuesday. So yep, very um, sad news. Yeah, and he's he's uh, he's he's going to ride in his honour on on Saturday, Dwayne, and and we wish him all the best. He's got nine out of ten rides, and um, he's on Rostopovich, I think, Rostopovich, in the cup. Yeah, so yeah. that's if people are looking for the the, the story to bet on, it'd be uh, Dwayne Dunn riding uh, for his late father. And no one with a better record at Caulfield over the last decade and a bit than D Dunn. Uh, Blue Diamonds and Caulfield Cups uh, just thrown into the mix with guineas and the like. So uh, I'm sure he'll be firing on all cylinders with his dad on his shoulder. Yeah.
All right, well, we're still trying to get a hold of the Ray man. We'll have him after the break. Well, we were also Could you imagine the flap now? Oh, the flap would be, be – there'd be feathers everywhere. And I'll tell you, his mum won't be happy. No. She can't listen to her little boy on the radio. No. Who's going to uh, text us in and say, well done on the show? It's usually Rain Man's mum that says yeah. it. Surely Mrs. Rain, Rain Man would still be maybe, able to listen. Yeah. Well, maybe his wife might chime in. Oh, no doubt. I mean, Emily listens for us three, yeah. not him. Yeah. And, and if you want to send us a text message, of course, while the show's on, 0433 981116. Got it dead at right. Triple one six. <laughs> You're on triple one six. S E N. Moody on the mic. I C N. You're listening to Moody on the mic. Welcome back. It's time to talk Sydney racing with one of uh, the leading trainers. Uh, Moody, you do the honours, mate. Uh, we're very privileged to have the trainer of reigning Everest two times, back to back, back to back, or the the only horse that's ever won the Everest. Only horse. Red Zell. The only winning trainer of the Everest. Peter Snowden of Peter and Paul Snowden. Pete, thanks for joining us this evening on Moody on the Mic. Pleasure, Pete. Pleasure. Sorry to keep you up. I know you're uh, you're known as one of the hardest working trainers in Australia, and I reckon we're probably not too far off biting into your uh, uh, little, t- cup, little cup of Bonox and off to uh, Nine Eyes for you, Pete, after this. <laughs> <laughs> no, actually, I'm at this Everest dinner tonight. I don't do many of them, but this is one I've been lucky enough to get to, and I be part of it's a privilege, so it's uh, something I don't take lightly. But it'll be a good night. And uh, mate, uh, the old boy—he he was a little bit—he um, he, he sort of had the autumn off from his standards. But I was actually privy to having a little chat to you there, and you thought you probably gave him a bit longer off, and he probably was always a half run behind. But he's come back with vengeance this time round. Um, they don't get any better at his age, but are you confident that he heads to this race in similar vein of form? I am, Peter. Look, just looking at him and his demeanour, uh, look, he's as good as I've seen the horse. He, getting towards the last six months, that last preparation, he was just getting, even though he, was, he looked physically sound, he was working sound and we found no fault with him. He just lacked that, that, that uh, toughness, that steely eye that he had. He just looked like he was just going through the motions. And when you race like he does, like it's full on power and uh, they're very, very taxing runs and Sometimes they're taking more out of them than you think. He's a very, very good track worker. I never really let him go on the track because he's such a great track worker. But when they're running one eights and uh, and racing with running ten sixes and ten sevens and level ones every furlong, it's it just takes takes a toll after a while. It does wear them down. So I've just been very mindful and thoughtful of what had happened over the previous two or three years of solid racing that he's had, and uh, it's probably fair to say that he had a bit of a bit of burnout. So we did find a few little issues with him before he went out, which had probably helped us uh, train the horse a bit differently this time through. And by that I mean, we gave him a longer, slower preparation. We brought him up really steady. But uh, I, I think looking at the horse now, honestly, he's as good as I've seen him for a long time. He's very bright. When he's walking, he's pulling around. Normally he follows you like a goat. Uh, yeah. Now he's, he's keen to walk. And uh, no, he's just to me, he just looks like he's, he's ready to go again. I know that's a big call on what he's done in the past, but look, I'm really happy with him. And uh, they'll know he's here for quite a while on Saturday. He, um, obviously, the last two runnings of the Everest, he's found ground with giving it. Uh, Saturday looks like it's probably going to be run on, at worst, a, a good track. Um, you're confident that his form at this level will hold up under those conditions? Oh, look, I think so. His first year was a good good track. Um, here he beat Hoots and then ran 1-8. Yep, uh, it was right, a good track right. that day. Um, so, look, he's not just a one-trick pony. He does get through good ground as well, but this... The wind's howling here tonight. This will be a really fast track on Saturday, so mm. uh, don't be surprised to run them under one sub one eight here on Saturday. They'll, they'll be 
brilliant tying figures. This track's going to dry out, and they'll be fearful of putting too much water on it. So uh, it's going to be a firm track Saturday. So there's no doubt it's going to be a very fast-run race. But uh, it's all about knowing your horse and riding with any strengths. And we will be forward. But it looks like we've got a ready-made pace maker there. So we'll have something to probably sit off, and hopefully we can time our run right and be there when we need to be. Peter, when in, uh, Roger Aldrich here, when you've got a horse like Red Zell who's won two Everest, prize money $15,693,500, you really only need to have one one horse and just be in semi-retirement aiming the Everest every year, surely. <laughs> yeah, but you might get a few thousand trying to get that one horse. And <laughs> like This horse, is he wasn't born a champion. He's just been a horse that just steadily progressed and progressed and worked his way up the ladder and he's made himself what he is. That's what makes him very unique. Um, he's never been a superstar. I've never thought him as the best friend I've ever had. And even though he's won that sort of money, I, I put Sepoy in and run him every day of the week. Um, but he's just a genuine horse that puts in wet tracks, dry tracks, good draws, bad draws, all those things that can get you beat in a race. He doesn't use them as excuses. He, he makes his own luck. So, uh, no, this special horse to have, but he's, he certainly holds a special place in, in our, in our hearts. Um, that he, yeah, as I said, he's, he's not the best horse I've ever had, but he's certainly one of the toughest ones I've had. And, and the longevity there is, is for all. He's, he's eight-year-old now, and he's still, still punching. It's interesting, isn't it, Peter? It's Anthony Mithen here. Uh, Santa Ana Lane fits that bill as well, a, a gelding, a tough gelding that, that uh, it just each year went by, got better and better, and, and in their in their prime at sort of six, seven, eight. It's, um, it's, it's, it's an interesting parallel that these two uh, favoured runners in, in such a big race uh, have walked. Yeah, and it's probably because they weren't raced too much earlier. They sort of didn't do much at two and three, and it's their late three, four, five that they start to climb the ladder. And it's probably fair to say, it's, yeah, and the reason they got to that level now at this age is because they you know, they looked after early and not, not punished too hard too early, especially the profile they have, the pattern they have of racing. If they were racing like this as two-year-olds, they definitely wouldn't be racing seven and eight now. Now, uh, Peter, as you were whining and dining there at the Everest dinner, you wouldn't have been listening to the show. We've had a few technical issues. Our fourth musketeer has been trying to dial in. We finally got him, the resident rain man, Tom Hagen. I'm sure that Tom uh, has got a question for you, uh, Ray the Everest, because he's been... Uh, I, I want to know the market too. Oh, the market would be handy. Yeah. Rain man, over to you. No, mate, we haven't got him. Never mind. No, don't worry about him. There we'll, we go. We'll, <laughs> we'll push on, Pete. Uh, obviously, um, big we, build up. <laughs> big build up to that that just fell down. Bit like the Everest. That's, that's actually typical of Raymond. <laughs> Nature strip, ready-made pacemaker. He's going to run him along, as as we know, is is his pattern. Your bloke's going to be not too far away. It's going to give every horse their chance. What do you see as the biggest danger? I still think Parada's the one to beat. Uh, yeah. The horse is in dynamic form. Uh, he, he's really going well. The only thing I'd be a bit worried about is where he's drawn. Mm. If they do steady off and he does get shuffled back. Uh, just drawn one. Room he gets, yep. mm. Yes. Uh, just just may work against him. But as for form, I think the Sydney is, is going the best up here. Uh, but healthy respect for Centre in the lane because I know what sort of turn of foot that horse has. And where he's drawn, he's also in there with, with uh, Fiorata. So... Both horses probably need a bit of luck to show their best, but both horses are certainly capable of storming home and um, being right in the finish. Well, mate, we won't hold you away from your dinner as you've obviously got an appointment engagement and we don't want to upset the family. Now, we've got a strong tradition on this show the last four or five weeks, uh, and best of luck to you for it's carrying that tradition series, on. The whole series, The whole series. Group one winners galore for the, mm. everyone that's come on the show, but they've also tipped us one away from their group one. You've got a few runners 
in Sydney. Not as many as you probably usually do. Uh, you got a two-year-old Brazen Bow and Dorse there. You got a few runners in Melbourne. Have you got one there for the poor old battling Victorian punters? You keep a close eye on. Uh, yeah, in Sydney here. Look, I, I've also got a lot of time for uh, his brave song. Uh, he's in the City City Stakes. Same I know Brutal's in the race. Yep. Uh, exactly right. He, he's definitely a horse that I, I think he went a really good race. He showed through the winter in Brisbane just uh, what sort of level he can reach. The times he's been running is really good. He's getting better and better rich preparation. So I, I think this prep, hopefully, it will be his best. And uh, don't be surprised if he runs a bowl race on Saturday. He loves firm ground. He hardly ever does a decent gate. He's drawn three there on Saturday, so I think about 10 to 12 to 1. Yeah, he's definitely worth a tote ticket. Currently $11 and $3.10 the place. Uh, obviously, a tough competition there. He's got brutal uh, up against it. But I just, you, you got to realise, you remember a couple of weeks ago when Chris Waller trained six winners and four group ones? Yeah, he was on the show two days earlier. I'm not, I'm not, oh, yeah, no yeah, pressure. Yeah, yeah, maybe, yeah, pressure. It, maybe it's a coincidence, maybe it isn't. I don't know. <laughs> Mate, mate. If I get one of those days Saturday, mate, I'll be ringing you to, to get on the show. <laughs> <laughs> mate, well, appreciate you taking time away from uh, from your evening and your family. Best of luck there's on Saturday. No, there's no time to ask about uh, Moods' as Magoolies. Oh, Moods' Magoolies. Magoolies. Magoolie's yep, having a trial. Trialing, trialing tomorrow, mate. Watch out tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, nah, we're, we're not talking about his anatomy. We're talking about his horse. Oh, <laughs> I, was, I was completely lost there, and I'm thinking, what's going on under this desk? Oh. Uh, the mighty Magoolie, uh, you'll probably hear about Unraced her every Philly. day next year. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Pete Mitchell, there's got a few yeah, things in common. Yeah. Thanks for taking time away from your evening, Pete, and uh, best of luck to you and Red Zell and all the connections on the weekend. Pleasure, guys. Have a good one. Thanks, Cheers, mate. Here we have it, Peter Snowden, going for a third Everest. Can he? You, so we buy this beautiful filly by Snitzel, beautiful pedigree out of the Easter sales. And Pete kindly asked myself and my brother, would you like to come in? It's lovely filly, really like it. Yeah, that'd be fantastic, you know. But Pete's got a great eye, great judge uh, by Snitzel. It, 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 tick all the boxes. Right, I can race in the Rosemont Colours, but I get to name it. He's called it Magooly. After mm. what? Uh, Magooly. The Magooly Ranges. Uh, you, you cross the Magooly Ranges if you walk the Kokoda track. And the beautiful people like Anthony don't generally walk the Kokoda track. He might get a mosquito bite or mud on, under his toenail. So he wouldn't appreciate the Magooly. history of that. So, uh, listen, if it wins a race, it'll be a bloody good name. If she's no good, it'll be an ordinary name. So <laughs> I, I, time I lo- will tell. I love the uh, I love the way you've gone about naming it because it, it, it obviously you've, you've done a Kokoda track, but it does sound like your Jats crackers. <laughs> Well, it can sound like whatever it's like if we're Moods in a photo undercarriage. Of the speaking of <laughs> Speaking of undercarriage, uh, Ray, man, have we got you now? Yeah. Am I here? Oh, Tommy! 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 Tommy. Good result. Where you been? He's been in Adelaide. He's half an hour late. <laughs> oh, I'm very upset I missed out on talking to Peter Snowden. Oh, you could only imagine after some of the questions you've asked the trainers the last few weeks. I wasn't <laughs> displeased, I can tell you that. Yeah, this might be sabotage from Peter Moody. <laughs> yes, I was not displeased. I just put that plug back in here in its socket where it's supposed to be that no one saw behind the board. And uh, it's great to have you back, Raymond. We've obviously be- we've been through the Everest. Have you got an update on the market there for us? We do. The favourite is still Santa Ana Lane, four dollars fifty. The market mover though has been Arcadia Queen, five dollars fifty like Arcadia into four dollars eighty. Pirata's four dollars eighty out to six dollars. Then you've got Red Zell from the Snowden Yard at eleven dollars. But such a deep race. So many quality horses at long prices. Uh, well, not long-ish prices, so really looking forward to Saturday. It should be an absolute cracker. Do you think the move against Pirata is solely the barrier? Like, uh, like he's got to be the horse that's the form horse going into it, surely. Uh, like, he's, he seems to have had the faultless preparation. 
brilliant first up at a thousand, just missed eleven hundred second up, got the job done. Um, you know, Hickman's timed his run with this horse a treat. Mm. Yeah, yeah no. I couldn't agree more, Moods. I think the, but I think it is it is barrier related. Barrier one, it will need a little bit of luck from there. But I think you're exactly right. It's been absolutely flying. This campaign should be ready to peak third up over 1,200 metres. I think it's got to be one of the leading contenders. You would think Nature Strip running along at a good gallop. And we've seen... Can he win it? We let fast horses oh, run fast. Hey, that's the end of the show, pal. And... That's what will happen again on Saturday. He'll run along. He might lead by five or six, but they'll be chasing 600 out, some of these horses. So they'll start wobbling at the 300 when Pierrata's looking for that gap. And Tommy Rare go, bang! You're big on Pierrata. What about the discrepancy in price between uh, Santa Ana Lane and Sunlight? Sunlight, who yep, obviously beat him last, I, start. Beat him last yeah. start. I mean, at, he was at, first up, and he's never won first up. So I, I, I think that's reflected in the market. But um, still, what? Sunlight. I think Sunlight, she's probably one of the most underrated mares in the country. She just three, keeps four on winning, winning, winning these All big races. And then yeah. once again, you're getting $15. So I, I agree. Like, I still think Centre Lane deserves to be favourite, but I think Sunlight should be shorter than a current price of $15 with Labrokes. Yeah, for sure. And, and she's going to get the gun run following Nature Strip, who one would presume will be followed by Red Zell, who one would presume will be followed by Sunlight. Hmm. Bang on, Moods. Yeah. Uh, all right, well, let's get a tip. Uh, Ray, man, we'll start with you, given we've left you out so much already. I am with the uh, favourite Santa Ana Lane. I just think it's the perfect profile for this race. Always goes to another level, second up. It's winning the TJ Smith in the autumn was a truly world-class sprinting performance. I think if he replicates that, they won't be able to beat him on Saturday. But plenty of respect for our Pierrata as well. Uh, Mitho? Look, I would have to go with the the, the, the farm reared and sold Santa Ana Lane. He's been a pin-up horse for Rosemont for a long time. He's Rosemont, fa- drink. He's the, he's the favourite in the hey, race. I'm, I'm entitled to I tip him, I understand that. I'm just saying that every time you mention Rosemont, people have to drink. It's the, it's the Moody on the Moat drinking game. Oh, well, fair enough. Oh, oh, um, let's, let's get everyone drunk. Or, or if you mention um, Star Spangled Banner or um, Shane's Award. So Santa Ana Lane? Santa Ana Lane for me. And, I, and that's, that's, that's doing the form as well as the heart hoping that he can do yeah. the job. Well, I, I think he's a little bit in the Pirata category from gate two. He's going to need that little bit of luck. Like, and any horse that gets in the second half of the field where he's going to be, he's going to need luck and Pirata's the same. I think they'll fight it out. I've just got a slight leaning to Pirata, who Anthony and I also have a, a, yes. a, an affinity with because we actually uh, are shareholders in Pirata's younger two-year-old half-brother by Russell, Ruby. You really want him to yeah. win. So... Uh, Oh, well, he's already done his job yeah, yeah. For, for this horse, so he's not going to make the other one run faster. But I just think Pierrata and Sandra and Lane, they profile extremely well for this run. Profile, I'm starting to sound like a bloody fool. Yeah, I know. Yeah, 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 this no. is, I'm excited, Moods. Nah, um, <laughs> this is a new mood. I love it. I think Sunlight just Get gets the, the nice run in behind them. She'll spear to the front somewhere in the straight, and I just think the other two might be a bit strong. But a hell of a race. Arcadia Queen, I just can't get out of my head that she should have been in the Cox Plate. Where do you think it's going to map? Arcadia Queen. Yeah, exactly. Well, that's that's yeah, that's yeah, my one. Yeah. I'm with Arcadia Queen. CJ Waller, tick. James McDonald, tick. West Australian horse, tick. Mm. Yeah, 2,000 metres, yeah. big tick. Uh, only one problem. This is 1,200. So, classic legend, he's probably the heir apparent. He's probably next year's, you know, he's probably next year's Sandra Annalane Red Zell yeah. type horse, you'd yeah. think. Um, yeah, Monica, and, and, might, might be a year early. It's a good point because and, and just what we heard from Snowden. Yeah, and and... The nature strip aspect of the race, it's going to add a lot to the race. He's going to be a long way in front. Mm. If he relaxes, I just hope Clark doesn't try and go too slow on him. 
finds some rhythm, skips over that, he's going to give them something to bloody chase. $20, $21, Nature's Trip. I think yeah, he, it yeah. does a good price. And the barrier's perfect. Barrier 12. Thing. Perfect. Thing, yeah. he, has, he hasn't got a rush. He hasn't got a, he's not brilliant away from the gates. He hasn't got a rush at all. He'll just cruise across at his own uh, tempo and control the race. So uh, very exciting race and uh, really looking forward to it. Very exciting. And what is also exciting is the fact that you two have a runner in the Caulfield Cup and we're going to talk the Caulfield Cup after the break. You're on Moody on the Mic. On SEM, you're listening to Moody on the Mic. Moody on the Mic with all four players now on board. We are going to talk about the Caulfield Cup, the time-honoured Caulfield Cup. Now, this is the Group 1 on Saturday and it should be an absolutely ripping day, absolutely throwing down rain and 13 degrees. You'd want to be in with the beautiful people on Saturday. <laughs> Might be undercover somewhere. I'll find a spot, I'm sure. It's going to be a – it'll be a great day for racing in general. And I'm, and, and all jokes aside earlier, the, the, the just talking about uh, the Everest before, just got the motor running a bit. And um, then the, the, the tradition of the Caulfield Cup comes into play later in the day and we, we get to see some of the best stayers, handicappers in the world. Uh, go around, so it's it's a real honour and privilege to be a part of it with a horse that we bred and still part own, and um, we're the only all Victorian horse, Mister Quickie, uh, trained well, in Victoria, bred in Victoria, owned by Victorians. Why don't you um, trade in the Rosemont Colours for the day and go around in the Big V? The Big V, there you go. We, we might have to get Wally Dalziel involved. Big, big V you can borrow. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, Certainly didn't earn it. I bought we, it. We we, <laughs> we we might not get that over the line uh, yeah, come Thursday seven thirty at night. But That's uh, a shame. it's um, we are we are the we, no, no doubt uh, if you if you want to be uh, patriotic to your your own state, we're the we're the horse to bet on, and and I give him a really good chance. Moods, I, I'm not sure what you're thinking about uh, the way the race is going to be run and and uh, and, and where we go to. Well, but, um, we might get a market from Rain Man. Uh, where is Mr. Quickie, Rain Man? Mr. Quickie is $8 on the third line of betting now. The favourite is still Finch, despite the wide barrier draw. He's $6. $6 to the field. Japanese, $6 field, just about, Rog. The Japanese galloper, Murder Glass, is $7.50. There's been good money for Kent Stampinopoul. It's been $11 into $8.50. And also a pretty good go for Vow and Declare, who does have form around Mr. Quickie. He's been $11 into $8.50 as well. But it's a very, very open race, full of chances, and it's probably the most open Caulfield Cup I can remember seeing. Your war history, not a strong point of yours uh, back at high school, Rain Man? Yeah, that was a bit of a... I, I can't say correctly. That was, yeah, it wasn't my best. Put the hand up. Moods, Moods would have been first in to correct you. No, no. Uh, well, how are you, how are your, how's your feeling, Moods, going into it with Mr. Quickie? We'll get the Mr. Quickie chat out of the way first, and then we'll get on to the other runners. But, yeah, what's what's your thoughts? Well, on? listen, Stokesy's very happy with him. He's uh, pleased him at home. So uh, he feels he's bounced off his Turnbull run in good shape. And uh, he hasn't altered too much at all. Uh, I, I, I think he's just put that run down as to circumstances. The way the race was running, he was given no possible chance. So uh, he, he thinks he's in as good a shape as he was heading towards the Queensland Derby and he hasn't got to travel 2,000 kilometres. So uh, he's very pleased with him and uh, expects him to run extremely well. I think the gate hopefully gives him a chance to be midfield thereabouts. 18 horses charging to the first turn in the richest mile-and-a-half handicap in the world. It's not a place for the faint-hearted. It's one of my favourite favorite moments in racing is that first just out of the gates of the yeah. Caulfield Cup. It's so we want Johnny Allen to be a little bit positive, to not get spat out the back and have to be 15 lengths off them and need all the luck in the world. And wh- what sort of run do you want to, to back up in Cox Plate? Obviously, if he wins, he goes to oh, the Listen, listen that, that, that's a pipe dream. It's a pipe dream that we're here. Listen, when we started this preparation, we were... Th- we honestly thought his Queensland Derby form, we weren't sure where that fitted. 
Um, but we've seen him come out and run well. We've seen Vow and Declare come out and run well, so that form's running well. And Vow and Declare is obviously one of the horses to beat here, uh, given the fact that he's drawn just under us. C. Williams to ride, another local trained galloper, and, uh, you know, outside of the unknown packages of the internationals, uh, we would think that these two horses are going to fly the flag quite well for Victoria. And we had, a, had someone on the SMS machine just before just saying that Vow and Declare is the best of the... A local yep. runners, Danny O'Brien's got a spring in his step. Was the message? Who was that from? Merce? Can you uh, see that? Yeah, that was from Marcus Albaru. So uh, Denny's team's been going extremely well, and uh, you'd have to be very happy with Vaughan run first up in the Turnbull. And mm. another another one off the text, just wondering who the uh, this tip was from Peter Snowden, and that was uh, Brave Song uh, in the Sydney Stakes, which is race six in Sydney. So race six, number three, he, Brave Song each way. He's an emergency, isn't he? For the he's for emergency the for the Everest. Yeah. He's, under, yeah. he's not coming. No, he won't yeah, get well, a run Well, with there. the good track now, the probably only doubt outside of uh, Misadventure was uh, 10 Sovereigns, the Coolmore horse, if the track had been wet, but that certainly doesn't look like it's going to be the case now, so you'd think they'd all run well, so yeah. they'll all run uh, under those conditions. Good but cool. Caulfield Cup, uh, Constanope, Constantinople. Constantinople. Constantinople, sorry to be corrected again, uh, along with the Rain Man. Um, Reports out of Werribee and Lindsay Park have this horse working every bit as good, if not a bit the better than Cape of Good Hope. So you've probably got to respect... That stacks up. Uh, mm. And they've got the benchmark now with that horse coming out and performing last week. So my little mate Trumby Nolan takes the ride there from gate seven. 53 kilos. Been a while since Trumby's ridden that weight. Uh, he was on the darts the last time he rode that weight. So uh, I think he's the horse to beat. Uh, I think he's... Uh, you know, I'm, I'm always a little bit tentative these internationals you oh. don't know but the reports are positive enough out of the camp um from uh, the lindsay park camp so i think he's going to be the one to be interesting hearing the internationals talk about mustajir and, and i hear a couple of reports they wonder whether he might be a bit dour for the mile and a half around caulfield this is coming from the northern hemisphere so uh, great respect for him murder glace uh 21 it's going to need more luck than uh, what about the first uh, explorers what about our Little mate Dean Yendel getting a ride at 54 kilos, and he said to you at track work the other day, it was beautiful because he could eat Maccas on the race. on the way to the races, yeah. Yeah, yeah he won't even Usually have to take to that. sweat it down to about 48. Doesn't even have to take that kilo diamond uh, Don't, let's, earring out of his ear. Let's, let's not have that chat with uh, Johnny Allen, who is the former Irish jumps jockey who used to ride at 70 kilos and is going to get down to 53 for Jeez, Mr. Quickie on Saturday. Kilos. Yeah, well, that, that they were the weights over the sticks in Ireland. So yeah, um, yeah, he no. was, he's, he's been doing it pretty tough, Johnny, but he hopefully we can uh, reward yeah. him with the winning ride. Yeah, well, he wouldn't have been at the sandwich bar at the Maui races here this afternoon. He'll well, be the on, power's out. So he, he'll be on a dingo's diet. He'll be having a drink of water and a good look around for the next couple of days, Jay Allen. But uh, God give him strength and I hope he can push along. But... It's brought together, like uh, Rainman said, it's one of the more open races. Finch, his form's been mm. first rate. It's been impeccable. The draw's going to make it worry. But I, I just wonder whether the draw won't worry a big horse like him around Caulfield. A bit of galloping room. We know these Europeans like to keep flowing. He might be happier three deep and uncluttered than in amongst them. So that there'll might be, stick, come against him. It will be a differently run race because of all these internationals. They do like to run along, as Moose just points out, mm. which which will probably spread that field out. They they, they like to go at a gallop. They, they we're, yeah. they're not. It's not like an Australian twenty four hundred metre race with Australian horses where we where we sit, hold up, yeah. you know, get get busy about halfway around thinking about winning the race and 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 sprint home. So it'll be it'll be a truly run affair, which will probably give everyone a chance to settle in a spot that they they roughly want to be in and 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 best horse may win all right roman you're the form analyst of the group how do you see it playing out 
Peter Moody's done a great job as a formatter, so I'm very impressed, Moods. Uh, I think it's no, a very No, thing or two about race. racing the big fella. <laughs> he does. He goes goes well. Uh, I, I've still got Finch on top, but it is, uh, at the $6, it probably is a bit short in what is such an open race. I do think there's a few internationals that are definitely worth specking at double-figure odds. One of those is Mirage Dancer. He's currently $17, but he finished second in the Hardwick Stakes at Royal Ascot behind Defoe early in the year. That's pretty strong form. The Hardwick Stakes has traditionally been a pretty good race for the internationals, but went before they come to Melbourne for the spring. Now the international I think will run well is Gold Mount. It's first up here, but it's a it's a tough on pacer. Might be a little bit down for the Caulfield Cup, but it, it'll be on there on the speed. And I think if they especially if they do go pretty quick, it'll be one that can just sit behind, sit on a hot tempo and still finish pretty strongly late. Another horse I don't want to rule out completely is the veteran Hartnell. Twenty dollars. First time he's been back up to uh, twenty-four hundred. Oh, six bucks a drum too, right, man? Yeah, exactly right. He's, he he hasn't run a bad race this campaign. He was he was pretty good in the Turnbull Stakes there. I just think he he's always thereabouts. He always runs very very well. So I think at twenty dollars, he's uh, not the worst bet. And what is such an open race? I think he'll be going very wide in exotics. All righty. Well, uh, quick your tip, Mitho. Oh, well, I can't. Oh, Mr. Tip, Quickie, I can't, yeah, I well, can't I tip thinking. against Mr. Okay, Quickie. Okay, who's running second to Mr. Quickie? Uh, Mirage Dancer. Moots, who's reckon thinking of the quick start? I'm, uh, the no, man, yeah, I'm, Mr. Quickie, Jack. Head's not ruling the heart. The heart, head's ruling the heart this week. I'm Constantinople. Constantinople from Finch and Mr. Quickie uh, is my trifecta. What I just wanted to mention before, I'm with Finch, uh, but I just wanted to mention, uh, we, we mentioned earlier about John Sadler and tipping Usain Bowler on Moody mm-hmm. on the wife. Now, in the ethereal, uh, <laughs> in the ethereal this weekend, he's got a runner. Uh, called um, yeah, we, well, Moods, you well, should I just, remember. I just, yeah. Song let's, let's have a so, listen. I'm just going to play this uh, yeah. bit of audio for you guys. More importantly, one of the very, very big odds in the ethereal on Saturday was called Song Brocade. Ooh. Song Brocade? I know Song Brocade. She's, uh, she's one you've got still in the Oaks mix. Yes, yes, and I believe she's a genuine Oaks contender. And... Um, when does this go to air? Is his, is his nose growing at all, Tom? Is it? Or is it always that red? No, I'm trying to, uh, trying to extract. be serious with you, Peter. Bullshit. You've never been serious in your life? <laughs> I have with you. That's uh, that's Tom Saddle just chiming in there. But that's basically so song brocade. So on the back of that, the new St. Bowler gets the win yesterday. And I'm just having a look at the market. And song brocade in the, uh, in the ethereal... Opened, uh, I think it opened about 100 to 1, and then it's gone 34 to 1, 30 to 1, 26 to 1. Oh. It's now 20 to 1. Moody on the mic. It has oh, been crunched on the... on the back. They just love Sads, and he said, well, let's have a bit of odds, and they have come for it. So that's that's off his... Moody his, on his... the mic can move a market. And Mo- I, Moody on the mic. For those that are, are SEN listeners only, you need to go to the uh, Ladbrokes account and follow the Moody on the mic. On uh, the Twitter he, and he gets, uh, on Facebook as gets well. Gets involved out on uh, out at Caulfield or Flemington with the trainers, gets all the hot tips, and John Sadler has just been absolutely it's, on fire. It's essentially street talk. I mean, yes. the old footage, it's street talk in the trainer's tower. For with those with, who with a seen. touch of class, maybe. And a bit of swear. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, funny thing, out of that same race, Dave Eustace on Tuesday morning on Moody on the Mic uh, on air, he tipped a snap dancer. He thought that was one of the best chances out of the Mar Eustace camp. And I think... I don't think I'll put that in, in the I final think, cut. <laughs> uh, Michael Kent Jr. might have given Contrition a bit of a... A rap as he certainly well. gave Crone a rap. So we had uh, three in the same race, uh, so thought of. But interesting, hundreds into 20s already, Song Brocade from the yep. Sadler camp. Into Big. 50s for the Oaks as well. Ooh. There you have it.
Sad. So the daughter is off me. Uh, the putters couldn't love him anymore. Yeah, but I'll tell you what, if he gets this one home, mate. She's a good first-up winner at uh, Mornington, but uh, would need to lift on its manifold run. All right, we're going to take a break. We're going to come back with our quick best bets because, surprise, surprise, we're running over time. <laughs> ICN, you're listening to Moody on the mic. We are back with that time of the show that you've all been waiting for. It's best bets time because we go right here on the best bets. Have you found one, Rog? He's looking right. confident this week. You are looking well, extra confident, I like confident, to Rog. generally like to tip one at uh, at each by odds. Um, last week I went Prince of Aaron and it uh, narrowly beaten second, yep. but it was uh, paid at $3.30 to place. Um, this one's shorter uh, for the winner. I'm going with race Sydney, Randwick, race five, number one, Victorum. It's, uh, it's been crunched, actually, but uh, look, I still think it should be winning. What are uh, we into? $2.45. Ooh. In the Kosciuszko, Roch. No yeah, in the Kosciuszko. No each way there. No each way, no. Just uh, straight out. Just pineapple uh, down, go. On the nose. Mm. Yep, yep. Uh, Moons, what it's your best of the. Well, I'm, uh, I'm always loath to do this, but the entire fields of this situation, the Ladbrokes Classic on Saturday at Caulfield, 2,000 metres, three year old, so a lot of derby, potential derby type horses. And, and I always, and I've always said, horses going to 2,000 metres for the first time, very vulnerable, as in Mystic Journey and the like. So, but you've got nine three year olds here heading towards possible derby. Uh, so, what you're saying is you're, you're not entirely sure whether they're going to get the trip, but you're going to tip one as we're your best exactly. bet of the day. <laughs> is that yeah. what you're going to say? Yes. Right. That's uh, Well, something's got to win the race, Anthony. Well, it does. Okay, so you mightn't run out of strong 2,000 so metres, but the one that runs here. it out the strongest. You're just hoping to get and which, lucky. And which horses is going to run out uh, the I'm with the Philip Stokes, John Allen train galloper, looking for them to have a bit of luck early in the day. Horse 6, Miracu. Uh, so race 4, horse 6, Miracu. And I think the Hayes galloper in the Caulfield Cup is my second best of the day, Constantinople. Your second best of the day you know, against uh, Mr. You Cooper. know what else is running on Saturday, Moods? What's that? Putacawa. Pudakawa. Maybe you could have a running double. Pudakawa <laughs> into Constantinople. Yeah. That's, the, that's the moody double yeah. for the yeah. Ladbrokes punters. Right We've got to so, offer a special so one. Sure. Race four or six at Caulfield. And I reckon he's probably $16, got, Moose. Yep, yeah, he's going to be good each way odds. There you go, $16. So, uh, right, yeah. well, I'm going to the Tristark, the last race at Caulfield, for a Rosemont Ruffy best bet. Rosemont Ruffy best bet. Drink again. It's Crone, easy to say. And at, I reckon, oh, something like close to yeah, $19 with Ladbrokes. $19 with Ladbrokes. You can be ichy way all day there. So on Crone. as well. Gallop beautifully uh, during the week. Uh, Brett Preble got off and said she's ready. Ready to go to the races. Runs well. Maybe Golden Eagle. Second up. Who knows? Happy days. Punters be told. Ray Man, what was your best of the day? Uh, race five, number three, soothing in the Alingi Stakes. Last start in Adelaide could hardly have been more impressive. Ran all their best closing sectionals of the day. Definitely not a vintage race, this one. I think at 280, she's a really good bet. Got a clear class edge over this lot. All right. A uh, little bit of feedback on the on the uh, Twitter sphere. Not on Twitter sphere. Twitter. SMS machine. SMS machine here. Uh, you Muppets always run the line that people in the industry care for horses in regards to... What's all this? The about? show on the ABC 7.30 report regarding oh, racehorses right. at the abattoir. Uh, just be mindful. Don't taint everyone with the brush of something that you're watching. I wonder how many places uh, ABC probably had to go to get this story. We live in an unfortunate world where people are cruel to people. So unfortunately, there's always going to be people that are cruel to animals. Mm. The greatest majority of racehorses are loved and cared for by their owners, trainers and grooms and even beyond racing. This would be a very small sample 
and to paint such a great industry in this way is a travesty of justice, I believe. So I'm sure that... I know my own farm at home yeah. houses numerous retired racehorses and they have a second life with my wife as show jumpers. I know that goes on in the best part of Australia. So don't take an entire industry, a great industry, on the back of this one show. Let's see how it plays out. So I respect your opinion. Uh, you've left your number but not your name. You're entitled to your opinion, but just remember, people are cruel to people, mm. so they will always be an element cruel Hard, to animals, unfortunately. Hardened racing people will be sickened by, exactly. by that. We've, exactly. we've, we've had, had it on in the corner, and, and, we, were and we, were, we, were, we were just as shocked as people that would be watching. So. It, it is disappointing, uh, but that is life, unfortunately, and it is in all walks of life and involves lots of different types of animals. Uh, the digital screen in this studio has just flicked over from yeah, Roots' gone. rude head to the we sporting capital, which yeah. Darren Parkin's about to uh, yeah. host. Launch so, into. We're going to uh, get off. I think there's only one more thing to say. On your man. Now, with Nature Strip in the Everest and all other horses, trainers, owners and jockeys, let fast horses run fast.